Church, I want you to know this morning, regardless of how you've entered this service, regardless of how you're feeling, that you are a world changer, that you're a game changer, that God has his hand over your life. I want you to believe that with me. I want you to know that. Uh, some of you know that over the, over the last couple of weeks ago, I had this phenomenal experience where I, I had the greatest privilege of my life to be taken to heaven, literally. And what we've been exploring as a church is downloading truths that I received. Uh, some of these things I knew, some of these things I did not know, some of these things I wasn't sure of. And I honestly believe that it's doing a deep, deep work in many of us. A couple of weeks back, I shared this message, which were actually words that was spoken to me by, by Jesus, which was tell my children that they're not cursed. Maybe you haven't had the chance to get that message. It'll be on YouTube shortly. But I want, you to, I want to speak this over you once again this morning, because so many times we forget that that we think we're living under some sort of a curse. We think there's something that's stopping us. There's a block, there's a gap, there's some sort of a blockage here. But I just want to say this to you, uh, just straight from heaven, that you're not living under a curse, that God's hand is on your life. I shared last week this message that was quite controversial, but began to speak and resonate with a lot of people, which is that God is not in control, He's in charge. And that makes a world of difference. I share with us over the last couple of weeks, I've been sharing with us as a church that heaven has protocols, that there are rules of engagement. And the more we understand the engagements, the better we're able to connect and communicate and hear the things of God. Uh, this, uh, every Thursday, I do this thing called Strong Disciples with a bunch of people. We come together. And so this week, we did what, what I call a Q&A on heaven. And it was such a powerful discussion. And there was this moment where I was trying to articulate with, with, with the people that I was talking to over this, over this, over this session on, on my experience. They were asking all these questions and as they were asking, emotions began to well up in me. Uh, uh, things that were sort of in my spirit began to rise up and I began to say I'm struggling so hard to try, I'm trying my best and they were like, oh, we, we're getting it, we're getting it. But I was like, no, I don't think I'm doing a good enough uh, work in communicating just some of the things I, I sensed, I perceived, uh, if I could use the word downloaded in my experience. There's been, there's been this one idea that I've been chewing on for close to, close to a month now. And uh, I've shared this in little settings, in different settings. But la so as I was preparing me this message this morning, it was like in a moment I heard these words. And I felt this is the word, this is the language. It's almost like you have an experience, but you don't have language around it. I also noticed another thing, ever since my experience, I've been, I've been fascinated by the writings of Paul. Uh, the best way to explain it is if you've ever been to a country that only you've been to, or if you were born in another country, and you're in a room of, a, of 250 people, and right across the room, you, you hear them say a word or say a, a particular accent or say something that your ears prick up and you're like, this person's been there. And now when I read the writings of Paul, that's what I feel. There's a, there's a, there's a common, there's, a, there's, there's something that just connects my spirit with his for some reason. It's like this guy has been where I've been or he was there centuries back really. And, and, and so really... Uh, uh, Apostle Paul is going to help us in understanding this, but the words that I was given to help articulate this whole idea are the words which are going to be the title of my message, Diplomatic Immunity. Diplomatic Immunity. 
And I'll explain it in a moment as I share just a few more thoughts around it. But I just wanted to declare the message so that, or the title of the message rather, so that you can capture it and we can go from there. But before that, why don't we pray? Father, I pray that as I speak this morning, that I'm not preaching to people's souls or people's minds or people's emotions. I'm not satisfying anybody's flesh, but rather that people's spirit would rise up, would awaken, would connect with the word that's about to be spoken. That literally people's spirits would awaken right now. Lord, even as I pray right now, I sense your presence just resting right here, right now. I sense there's an open heaven right here, right now. And I pray that over each and every home that they would sense the same experience that I'm sensing right now. I pray right now that people would just disconnect from their phones, from their room, would go on airplane modes on their phones, and right now would just be caught in this moment that something, a deposit would happen, a transference would happen, an impartation would happen from my spirit to theirs. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse, uh, verse 16. This is what it says. We're going to read from chapter 4 and chapter 5. It's a continuation. Therefore, do not lose heart, though outwardly we are wasting away, yet inwardly we are being renewed day by day. For our light and momentary, momentary troubles are achieving for us an eternal glory that, that far outweighs them all. Verse 18. So we fix our eyes not on what is seen. Watch those words. We fix our eyes not on what is seen, but on what is unseen. Now check out what it says. Since what is seen is temporary, but what is unseen is eternal. For what is seen, my Instagram posts. For what is seen, my car. For what is seen, my bank account. For what is seen, my business is temporary. But what is unseen, literally everything that you cannot see, the things of God, the things of heaven is eternal. You know, when I, when, I, when I went to heaven, there was this moment where, where I, 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 I just perceived this. I recognized this very clearly that my body wouldn't last here. In fact, it was funny because there was a moment where I thanked Jesus and I said, thank you for not taking up all of me. It's hard to explain this. And, and I, I'm really not going to find language around this. This is why I love the writings of Paul because... I could find language around this because if you read 2 Corinthians 5, literally the next verse, when Paul wrote the book of Corinthians, there were no chapters. They, they added the chapters later. So if, I want you to imagine this is a continuation. So let's read 2 Corinthians 5 verse 1, continuing the conversation. For we know that if the earthly tent, that is our bodies, we live in destroy, is destroyed, we have a building from God, an eternal house in heaven, not built by human hands. You heard me talk about the mansions, the houses, the things that Jesus has built, not with human hands. Meanwhile, we groan, longing to be clothed instead with our heavenly dwelling. That's my prayer. My prayer is, uh, ever since my experience, I feel homesick uh, because heaven's now my home. And, and this is a powerful understanding to have. Because, well, check out what it says in verse 3. Because when we are clothed, we will not be found naked. Now, I would read this before my experience and think, what is Paul talking about nakedness and stuff? But actually the word there is incomplete. So when I had my experience, I knew that I would come back. People thought, asked me questions like, Youth, were, you, were you thinking you were going to die? I knew I was not going to die because I knew my body was not there with me. It was sort of an out-of-body experience, but I was still connected because I knew there was a thing of being incomplete. 
Are you getting what I'm saying? Oh, as Paul put it, naked. Verse 4, for while we are in this tent, our body, we groan and are burdened because we do not wish to be unclothed, but to be clothed instead with our heavenly dwelling so that what is mortal may be swallowed up by life. So now the one who has fashioned us for this very purpose is God, who has given us the Spirit as a deposit, watch it, guaranteeing what is to come. See, ever, ever since I've had my experience, people have said to me, are you sad that the experience is over? Do you wish every day you get to have this experience? I, I, I wish, but I, it doesn't really matter because what I know is the Spirit of God is in me and the Spirit of God is in you. And every time I pray, I'm able to connect with the heavens. Are you with me? Every time I pray, I'm able to connect with God. Every time I pray, there's a guarantee, there's a deposit, there's an investment there's a reminder that everything here is temporary and the way I'm reminded is by the deposit that God put within me a piece of heaven called the Holy Spirit are you tracking with me that's not even my message I'm just trying to build the introduction so now we're gonna scroll down to verse 16 everything between uh, 5 and 16 is fantastic but due to lack of time we got to keep going verse 16 for, so from now on we regard no one from a worldly point of view Though we once regarded Christ in this way, we do so no longer. Therefore, if anyone, come on, is in Christ, the new creation has come. The old is gone. The new is here. For this is from God who reconciled us to himself through Christ and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. That God was reconciling the world to himself in Christ, not, not counting people's sins against them. And he has committed us to the same message of reconciliation. Now check out, this is where we're getting, this is where the message is beginning. Verse 20, we are therefore Christ's ambassadors. As though God were making his appeal through us, we implore you on Christ's behalf, be reconciled to God. God made him who had no sin to be sin for us, so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. Verse 20, we are therefore Christ's ambassadors you know I thought I had an understanding of this word but I had no idea what this word really meant until my experience what 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 infatuates me with the writings of Paul is Paul uses metaphors to help the church understand what its relationship is with God he uses references like the bride we are the bride of Christ he uses references like the army you know, an army. Last week I spoke about spiritual battles and spiritual warfare. And there's an element of warfare in this faith that we have. He uses the language, the metaphor of family. We've been joined, adopted into the family, adopted into, into the kingdom. He uses even the analogy of vine, uh, using it as agricultural express, expressions to say we've been grafted into this thing. But then he uses this word that is not used so much in scripture, but I think has, has significance in a much bigger format than we understand. He uses these words, ambassadors. In fact, as I was preparing this message, it's always good to do some research. And sometimes good research is to look up at those books or sermons. There's actually not too much preaching on this whole concept that we are ambassadors. And, and, and I want you to understand this, that you are an ambassador. In fact, say this with me. I am an ambassador. I am an ambassador. There's going to be things coming. It's going to be interactive. Things coming on screens as we're talking, just so that you're reminded. I am an ambassador. Now, 
you will not understand the significance of what an ambassador is or who an ambassador is unless you've ever lived overseas. Even traveling overseas, you really, unless you hit a, a problem or a situation or circumstances, it doesn't really matter. But, but you, you will understand the significance of, of an ambassador when you live overseas. So I want to define who is an ambassador. An ambassador is a, repre a repre representative. An ambassador is an accredited diplomat sent by the country as its permanent representative in a foreign country. So for example, Australia has ambassadors all over the world. And Australia has ambassadors from other countries in here. They represent the whole nation. So for example, as I look across, I see that my friends are people here from South Africa, there are people here from, uh, from Nigeria, there are people here from other parts of the world. Every, every nation has, most nations have what they call a consulate or an embassy with an ambassador here. And that ambassador uh, represents different things, different aspects. And so we, we got to understand this because even, even sometimes when something happens in the US, when, when something happens, when there's a crisis that happens or when there's a great thing that happens, if the prime minister, for whatever reason, can't get in touch with the president, what happens is the prime minister gets in contact with the ambassador of the US and they say, the ambassador of the US said in a statement uh, that this happened and that happened and they said this and they said that. And, and, and literally the words of the ambassador is really a statement, is really a statement in the sense of speaking on behalf of the whole country. Are you with me? Uh, I, I, and I want you to understand this, that one person can carry so much weight. Now, I, I've had the opportunity, it's a great opportunity, when I was 19, I believe, where I got to meet the Australian ambassador. I was living in the Middle East, I was living in Kuwait, and uh, there was this thing, this, the university, we had this big connection with Australian things like that, and, and he came up, he rocked up, and I had to do this, I used to sing back in the day, I did the singing thing, and I sang, and all that, it was a Christmas thing, and I got to meet, meet him, and it was fantastic, and I said, you know what, I love Australia, I'd never been to Australia, but I felt the call of God to Australia many years back, and so I started saying, I love Australia, he said, you're going to love Australia, we started talking, and then I remember, they were just talking about all these different things and they started talking about things like Vegemite and things like Milo and Tim Tam and all that sort of stuff and let me tell you when the Australian ambassador woke up the next morning he wasn't drinking Middle Eastern uh, hot chocolate he had Milo he wasn't putting strawberry jam from from some other place in the Middle East he was putting he was putting Vegemite uh, when he when he went to have his when he went to have his you know morning tea he got to do the Tim Tam Slam. You know what I'm talking about? Nobody else could do it, but he could. Why? Because he had a connection with Australia. Australia would send him a package with all the things Australia represents that reminds him of all the memories and all the moments and all the things. Whatever convenience the ambassador needs goes, from, goes with it. I want to build on this premise. You know, in the Middle East, in the nation that I was living in, Kuwait, there used to be the Indian embassy. When the Indian embassy was being constructed, they wanted to make an embassy that was unique. And so when they built the embassy, they actually uh, imported special stones from India. And so when you drive on the highway from a long distance, you can see this big, it almost looks like a palace. It was like, what is that? It was just the Indian embassy. Why? Because again, they, they got to import their stones to construct this big architectural endeavor 
that reminds them of their country, reminds them of where they're at. In other words, what I'm trying to say is each ambassador, each embassy carries its own uniqueness. Now, Paul somehow understands beyond his time, understands this concept, and he's trying to help us understand. Paul, who had been into heaven, had captured a truth, a concept. And when he says these words that we are Christ's ambassadors, that is what he's trying to communicate. We got to understand that as ambassadors, that we are ambassadors, we live in one place, but we're from another place. In other words, we live in a host nation, but we're from a home nation. We live in a host nation, but we're from a home nation. We got to understand this. See, because you live in a host nation, but you're resourced by your home nation. The ambassador of Australia is not resourced from where he's, where he's living at. He's resourced from where he's from. I want to I play with this a bit more. A couple of years back, the nation of Greece, the nation of Greece filed for bankruptcy. The first time in history where a nation, not a company, not an organization, a, a, a nation filed for bankruptcy saying, it's just gone bad. We just, you know, we, the, the, we've, we're in debt. It's, it's gone crazy and they filed for bankruptcy. Can I say to you, the nation of, of Greece went broke, but the Australian ambassador there did not go broke. He didn't wake up the next day thinking, oh, who's going to take, who's going to get me my Milo? Oh, how's, this, how's it going to happen? How's this going to take place? And we've got to understand this. The ambassador is immune to the economic conditions of the host nation. As I studied a bit more on this topic, it's pretty interesting. As I studied a bit more on this topic, I discovered that there are different kinds of ambassadors. You're going to come to church today, you're going to walk out a bit more smarter. Different kinds of ambassadors. Are you tracking with me? The first kind of ambassadors that I discovered, now don't let the titles fool you, is what they call an extraordinary ambassador. Extraordinary ambassador. Now that name sounds impressive, but it's actually not that impressive. An extraordinary ambassador is a temporary ambassador. They carry less power and less authority. They, they represent the nation, but not in its fullness. They can sign off on things like passport or a visa or whatever, but they don't have, put, they don't have any authority pertaining to legal matters. Are you with me? Extraordinary ambassadors. The other kind of ambassadors are what they call plenipotentiary ambassadors. I know it's a funny word, plenipotentiary ambassadors. A plenipotentiary ambassador is someone who carries full power, full authority, that can make decisions that are legal and civil. Jesus said, all authority in heaven and on earth I have a gift to you. There were two kinds of ambassadors, extraordinary ambassadors and plenipotentiary ambassadors. When Paul was calling us to be ambassadors, he wasn't being an extraordinary one. He was being a plenipotentiary one. I think so many of us as Christians, we know that we are ambassadors, that we represent Christ but I think we walk around as extraordinary ambassadors. Oh, I can't do this and I can't do that, but I, I can quote a few scriptures and I can say a few things and I have a little bit of understanding, but I want you to understand that, that, that you are a plenipotentiary ambassador, that all of heaven, all of God's resources, all of God's promises are yes and amen and is available to you, 
available to us. We are not of this world. We live in this world, but we're from another world. Messiah's kingdom, planet heaven, and it is powerful. I was thinking about this building as I was preparing this message. And I said, God, if you're ambassadors, what does this building represent? This building is an embassy. If you've ever been to a foreign nation, if you've ever lived in a foreign nation, you go to the embassy in times of crisis, in times when you need data from your nation of origin, a time when you need confirmation, a time when you need governmental support, not from the government of the nation, but from the government from the nation you're from. Are you tracking with me? So when we, when we are doing this building, we are here for people, for ambassadors that are going to come in to get data, to get extra information, to remind them, hey, you, you, I know what is around us is crazy. I know economic turmoil is happening. I know this is happening. But we are of another nation. And guess what? The king of that nation, the king of kings, the Lord of lords, he's got this paperwork for you. And it says, all, your, all my promises are yes and amen. I will supply your every need. I'm the God that heals your diseases. Yes, the conditions that is around you are not relevant to the conditions when you come within the embassy that you have. That, you, that we carry. And it's such an important thing, church, that so many times that we forget that the church is an embassy and we get caught up in picnics and parties and staff lunches and all that sort of thing. It's great for the embassy to put on a staff lunch and a picnic and all that. But you've got to understand that the primary purpose of an embassy is a place of safety, a place of protection, a place of support, a place of all things, all those needs met. So that the ambassador and the people of that nation can get all the infrastructure and framework that even the country in itself does not provide. I want to take it up a notch because Paul understood this thing called diplomatic immunity. Diplomatic immunity is this condition where the, the conditions of the environment that you're in cannot dictate or cannot govern how you operate. That's what diplomatic in immunity is. The, the, the diplomatic immunity, this is an international law that was written. Uh, the best way to explain this to you is in there are some Middle Eastern nations where they don't serve any alcohol. Alcohol and pork is banned. But if you go to the embassy, in fact, the American embassy used to do this thing called happy hour. <laughs> you can get happy on pork and get happy on some, some alcohol. You know what I'm saying? The laws of that land, the Sharia laws, did not affect the conditions within the embassy. It was a safety zone. I want you to think about it. Now, the diplomatic immunity is really important when a country enters into civil war. And for whatever reason, if the, if the convictions of that nation the ambassador is in, is in contradiction with the conditions and the beliefs of the nation that he's from, even if there's a collision, by law, they cannot do anything to the ambassador. They cannot do anything to the embassy because there's this thing called diplomatic immunity. Are you with me? This is why it's so powerful in Ephesians chapter 6, verse 19 and 20. I want to I probably just jump to verse 9 and 20. It says, I am in chains now. Paul says this, I am in chains now. Still preaching this message as God's ambassador. So pray that I will keep on speaking boldly for him as I should. I want you to see the dichotomy. Paul is in chains. And he says, I am the ambassador of the kingdom of heaven. 
I am in chains, but I'm the ambassador. I'm in a crisis, but I am the, I, I represent the kingdom of God. It seems like these two things are supposed to contradict, but when we understand this concept called diplomatic immunity, we understand the premise in which Paul is communicating this. This is why Paul could say in Philippians 4.11, I'm not saying this because I'm in need, for I've learned to be content. Whatever the circumstances, I know what it is to be in need, and I know what it is to have plenty. Check out what it says. For I've learned the secret. I've learned the secret that I have diplomatic immunity. I've learned the secret that regardless of the, my circumstances, regardless of what is around me, regardless of the pertaining economic crisis, I have diplomatic immunity. This is why Paul could say, for what can separate us from the love of Christ? Can famine, can fire, can flood? What can separate us? Nothing. Because he recognized a kingdom truth. He recognized a promise that so many of us, even me, in, 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 to a certain degree, I think in many ways I was an extraordinary ambassador. But after my experience, I recognized just how much promises, how much provision, how much resources our sending country, our home country has on behalf of us. This week alone, we had a financial need. We had a building need. And, and let me tell you, those of, those of us that have been working with me have seen a complete shift in how I see this building project. Because in my vision, I already saw not just this building, but so many other buildings for the glory of God. So no one can shake that. No one can shake that conviction. If there's 20000 in the bank or if there's $2 in the bank, that does not set the criteria for me on where the building project is. And so Sunday night I was praying and I said, God, I was speaking to the king. Because remember, I'm the ambassador, right? Talking about the embassy. We're building this embassy, Lord. What are we going to do here? There's a lack here. There's a lack. And suddenly the Holy Spirit began to say, send, the email, send an email to the church. Let them know. You, we've never done that before. But I just felt in my heart to engage all citizens, engage all ambassadors, engage the nation to let them know what's happening. And I said, hey, we need 17K for the continuation of this project. And let me tell you, we are, I think, $20 short. I said we need it in two weeks. We're $20 short of a 17K. We've been able to receive all that. People just started coming through, stuff that are coming through, stuff that are Now, if you still feel like giving, keep giving. Don't stop because we've sort of hit that target. Keep giving if God's moving your heart. But my point is this, that my conviction is not in a donation here or a donation there or this, this favor here or a favor there. There's just something that has shifted in me that's gone, this is done. This is done. In fact, if anything, I'm just wanting to wake up and see it's done. I know it's done. And so there's a part of me that's already in the future because why? This is the host country, but there is a home country that's already set up the blueprint that has told us that no economic crisis, no this, no that is going to come in the way because you have been granted diplomatic immunity as sons and daughters of the Most High God. And let me tell you, this is why Paul could go through a shipwreck and, not co and come out without a scratch. Now, when I share this message, don't think for a moment that you will not have crisis. This is not a message that says that because you have diplomatic immunity, no weapon's going to come against you, no harm's going to come your way. In fact, the reason why diplomatic immunity exists is for protection. is for that covering when things come our way. 
Diplomatic immunity does not mean that there will not be challenges. But it's about our understanding of what those challenges are and how they dictate our mindsets, our heart, and our emotions. See, Paul was surrounded by awful, but he was always describing himself as awesome. I'm not saying that diplomatic immunity means that everything's going to be awesome. You may be surrounded by shipwrecks, you may be surrounded by prison guards, you may be surrounded by diseases or whatever that's there, but don't let the awfulness around you affect the awesomeness within you. The awesomeness within you is that Holy Spirit that I spoke about, the deposit of heaven, a guarantee, a seal, a stamp that is constantly downloading blueprints about your circumstances. Yes, God, this is bad, but heaven, what do you have to say? What is the blueprint right now? We need, we have this need, but wait a minute. Let me talk to my boss. Let me talk to the King of Kings. Let me talk to the sending country because they will have paperwork that's already in line for this crisis that we've just encountered. Are you tracking with me? I hope you're getting joyful. I hope you're getting peace. Awful may be the host country, but awesome is your home country. Awful can be your circumstances, but awesome is your identity. I want to encourage you, Downport Church, this morning. Whatever circumstances you're facing, we all constantly use this language, we're sons and daughters of the Most High God. Well, that demands a certain level of understanding the kingdom of God. That demands a certain level of understanding who we are in Christ. That demands a certain understanding of the royalty that runs within our bloodstream. And I want you to rise up. Whatever you're facing, whatever circumstances you're facing, sometimes the nation, the circumstances you're in might have a long delay. Greece is still struggling with their bankruptcy. Greece is still coming out of it, but it's not affected the Australian uh, uh, ambassador there. And I want you to know, it does not mean that the problems that you're facing may all be fixed at all given times, but I want you to find a peace with it, a joy with it, because it's not uh, the peace that you have is not the peace that the world offers. The peace that you have is the peace that heaven offers. The promise that you have is not the promise that the world offers. The promise that you have is the promise that heaven offers. Downport Church, if I, if, if I could lead, I've been praying, God, if I could lead a church, that would be, you know, there's a saying that goes around that says, to be so heavenly minded that you are of no earthly good. That is from the pits of hell. I believe the day I got heavenly minded, that's when I became of some earthly good. That is when I rose up to know my mission, my mandate, my calling, my authority, my identity. Let nothing shake you, church. I want you to be an unstoppable force when you go to work tomorrow. I want you to be that king. I want you to be that leader. I want you to be that queen. Why? Not, not from a place of arrogance, but from a place of understanding that I have diplomatic immunity. Come on, if I could get some people to just walk around that room like they've got diplomatic immunity, like what is around them will not get within them, that the stuff, the challenges, the trauma, the tragedy, whatever is there will not come within. Yes, it'll come near. You will. And the reason why sometimes you, maybe I'm talking to you, that have a lot of stuff happening. Maybe the reason why a lot of stuff happens around you is not because you're such a bad person, but because maybe heaven looks at you different to the way you look at yourself. See, seeing a problem does not mean it is just 
a problem for you to own or a problem for you to carry. Maybe the reason why you've been shown a problem is for you to pray within those problems. It's for you as the ambassadors to pick up the phone and say, okay, heaven, we're facing this problem. Yes, I'm feeling anxiety. Yes, I'm feeling this, but I have diplomatic immunity. He that is in me, in me is greater than he that is in. Oh my gosh, I wish I was preaching to you live right now because I feel the room would have erupted in praise, but I feel there's a praise rising with you to face the circumstances that you've been facing because somebody has been lying to you and told you that you've lost your protection, you've lost your cower, but I want you to know that you're covered and everything that you're facing, every problem that you're facing, every trial, every trauma, every situation. I'm not saying this because I read the Bible. I'm not saying this because I read a book. I'm not saying this because I got up on the phone and said, oh, this is the next message to preach, Alvin. This is a great message. People will, the feelers will go up. I'm saying this because I've seen it. Paul said something. He said, the things that are seen are temporary. Wow. But the things that are unseen are eternal. I've been to that unseen realm and I'm telling you, there's resources and there's provision and there's healing and there's miracles and there's breakthrough, but all heaven needs. Imagine every nation, every nation is in disarray if the ambassadors behave like beggars. We've got a guy on the ground. Gabriel, how's the situation down there? Well, we've got a guy on the ground, but he doesn't recognize that he has diplomatic immunity. So now he's allowed the poverty and he's allowed, he's, he's eating what? He's eating wafers when we've delivered Tim Tams to his door? This is how sometimes heaven looks at our situation. So I need us to rise up this morning. This is not a message of prosperity. This is a mindset that I'm trying to shift within our church. This is a mindset. This is not about the status of your bank account. This is not an earthly message. This is an eternal mindset we need to get a hold of. Because when we understand this, it will change everything. I'm not saying it will change what's around you. But let me tell you, it will change everything within you. And that's where true change begins. Why don't we pray? Father, I thank you for this word. Lord, I pray that this would not just fall on people's souls or their emotions, but that it would fall deep within people's spirits. That they, when they rise up and when they face the mountains, the challenges, the hardships around them, that they would just be reminded like Paul that they could shake off stuff and shake off circumstances. Why? Because He'd seen that you've given us diplomatic immunity. And I pray that same grace to rise within your church, to rise within your people, that they will face every trial, every tribulation, every temptation, every situation with the knowledge that they've been covered and not just covered, but that they have endless resources in heavenly places, even in places that they've not yet seen. I pray that there will be a download right now in people's minds on circumstances. It could be a bill, it could be a bill, it could be a debt, it could be a disease, it could be a trauma situation, whatever it is, Lord. Let there be a download from the headquarters into their hearts, into the hearts of each and every ambassador. We give you all the glory in Jesus' name. We pray. Amen. Amen, amen. Love you, church. Hope you've been blessed. Write to us. I've been getting emails from you asking for prayer. We've been praying all the time. We want to hear from you what God is doing. We love you so much. Can't wait to see you Wednesday and then Sunday. God bless you. Bye for now.